Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hi guys, how's it going? Today we're going to talk about the unspoken things we communicate. Hi, (laughs) this is Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen. And I'm Becky. (laughs) And yeah, I'm excited to talk about all of the things that we say without actually using words. I'm excited about that. So we're going to dive into that. Great demo. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) First, what's on the rise for you this week, Becky? On the rise for me this week, we are going to take our baby swimming for the first time. Whoa. Yes, I did. So we're actually going to go to a pool. Okay. However, I did also order a baby swimming pool. Oh. Technically, it's a dog swimming pool. (laughs) At least the picture has dogs in it, but it will definitely work for babies. It was cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) The other ones. So, yes, I'm going to put my baby in a dog (laughs) pool. I mean, what... What does it really matter? It can't possibly matter. Exactly, yeah. So I'm super excited. Hopefully he likes swimming. He loves baths. Yeah. So I think he'll like it. Yeah. Yeah. What's on the rise for you? (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, It's been real hot lately, and I just, the beverages, for whatever reason in summer or as it gets more humid, I think specifically, I just always require a beverage. I do coffee for like the whole morning, and then in the afternoon I switch over to usually LaCroix. And, Mm -hmm. but sometimes iced tea, sometimes kombucha. And I just, I just always have to have a cold beverage in the afternoon because it's just ridiculous. And (laughs) I was working on something from home this week and I, at the end of the week, went to clean up and realized I had like seven or eight LaCroix cans just sitting on the table where I'd been working (laughs) for the last day. (laughs) I was like, okay, I might need to slow down (laughs) a little bit. Boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. Boundaries. Boundaries for my LaCroix. (laughs) That makes me think of, there, there was a YouTube video, you know you're a millennial if. Ooh. <laughs> Kombucha, yeah. LaCroix. Yep. <laughs> Sign me up. I am a millennial. Am. It's official. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I agree. I too like cool beverages mm-hmm. in the summer. Yes. Great segue, maybe. Is it? Uh, uh, well, we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about communication. Uh-huh. Specifically, we're going to focus on what you say Without words. Without using words. Yes. We have uh, some data here, and you've probably, I, I feel like I've heard this data summarized multiple times. If you haven't heard it, it's pretty surprising. Professor Morabian combined statistical results from two surveys that came from some famous data around communication. And the rule around communication is, and the summary of these surveys, of what people hear, so the message they're receiving, 7% of that is your words. 93% is the nonverbal. So when we say nonverbal, we're talking about body language and voice, and specifically tone of voice, volume, pace, 93%. That is so high. I mean, I know that, but that is so high. Yes, and... What I find shocking, so through FFA, through work, multiple places, communication is something I talk a lot about, and and I love communication, information, and coaching, (laughs) 
We're a little nerdy. We are such nerds. <laughs> I love it. One of the things I notice is a lot of times there are people and they're just so focused on their content and content is important and how we structure it, what we say, how we, but how we say it is even more critical. Yeah. You can say the exact same thing and people can hear it or not even hear it because <laughs> it's not <laughs> engaging yeah. uh, differently. And today we're going to focus on those unspoken things that you are communicating. You might be aware of it or you might not be aware of it. And oftentimes there are people who don't even know what their face is doing or they don't even know that they're talking super fast. Yeah. So we're going to break it down into two key areas. First one is body language. And the second one is voice. And in voice, there's a bucket of things, tone, rate, volume, et cetera. Before we jump into things, why should we care? Why should we care? Why do I care? Yeah. And when we think about the value and understanding that 93% of what we're communicating, one, it builds self-awareness. Self-awareness helps build our emotional intelligence. We did a podcast on that way back. And as a leader and an influencer, you have to be able to communicate effectively. When we look at great leaders, they are the ones, they could be saying the same thing as someone else, but they're saying it in a way that creates a following. People understand it. They're empowered. So communication is, is such a skill, whether it's you're leading a team or whether you're just communicating to your spouse and you want them to understand how you feel about a certain situation. Or maybe you're communicating something and they're perceiving it as, you're being mean or you're, uh, I don't even want to say it, but what is it? R, R, B, F, R, B, F, resting female dog face. Yes. (laughs) R, B, F. Yeah. So there's just certain things that your friendships, your relationships, your coworkers, our communication, what we're saying is so important, especially outside of just the words we use. Anything else value-wise you can think of why this is helpful for us? I think it's, it's memorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, if you want to be remembered, if you want people to remember what, what you said, what you did, what, yeah, your thoughts, it's, me- it's memorable based on how you say it or how you communicate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm th- when you started talking about that, I was thinking about, there's one person who gave a talk when I first joined staff with crew. So this would have been in 2012. Mm-hmm. There's one person who gave a talk who I remember her, she was talking about some anxiety thought spiral she had. And she was listing, like she was talking about, and then I started thinking this, and then I started thinking this, and then I started thinking this. And with her hand, she did like a downward spiral as she was saying it. And then she did like with both hands, like a bomb exploding (laughs) as she was just talking. So it was like two different things happening at the same time. If you had just been listening to her, you wouldn't have seen it or even known that she was doing that. Mm -hmm. And I remember that so vividly of this concept of like, if I don't check my thoughts, I'm going to downward spiral and I'm going to implode. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good example of gestures. Yeah. So her hand gestures were painting the picture and anchoring in your mind. It's memorable. Yes. Anchoring downward spiral. She did that motion and bomb explosion. Yeah beautiful example of body language, which is a perfect segue into body language. Body language. There's a couple things we're going to talk about in here. I'm going to run through them. Ash, you feel free to interrupt. And as we talk through these, there's different things. There's communication style, talking one-on-one with someone, talking to a friend, but then we also have a stage or a Zoom meeting. So we're going to hit on a few of those different vehicles where we communicate and how body language comes across. 
in those different venues. Zoom meetings. Say. I mean, that's pretty new for, I mean, some, some people were doing it, but not as regularly. And, and so it's, yes. it's a fascinating new communication tool. Some, some of us, like our company, we were doing it, but we didn't have our video cams on before the mm, pandemic. And then the pandemic happened and they're like, I want to make sure you're actually at your desk yeah. listening. <laughs> want, and I so then you. all Are of our video cams came on. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk about in-person body language tips. When we are in person, this is a super simple one. It's called mirroring. And when we're in person, the, the, the simplest example I can think of is if you're talking to someone and you are standing and they are sitting, that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Yes. So when we say mirroring, we're not saying copy every gesture that the other person does, but you create a more comfortable, relaxed environment if you mirror the, the other person. Mm-hmm. So if they're sitting and you're standing, Take a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Take a seat. If they're on the edge of their seat with their arms on the table, super engaged in talking, you probably shouldn't be leaning back slouched in your chair (laughs) because that might communicate. Okay. They're obviously communicating. They're engaged and excited and you're communicating. I'm chill. This isn't that important. I don't care. Yes. Or if you're me, your back hurts and that's why you're doing that. Or your back hurts and (laughs) that's why you're standing. Yeah. Sometimes I genuinely, I actually tell people to ignore my body language. If, if my back hurts or if something is happening, I'm like, don't take me as disengaged. Yeah. Or if I need to stand up in a meeting, we've talked about that before. Yes. Sometimes I will tell people I, this means nothing. Yes. (laughs) And that's, that's a great point too. If you, for some reason you, mirroring is not possible. Yeah. And, and my husband has bad back. And so I totally get that. And he, he will even say, Hey, I'm standing just cause I've been sitting too long and yeah. my back hurts. Yeah. Say it, communicate, vocalize it, it so they yeah. don't perceive it and take it the wrong way. Yes. Yes. So that's one tip mirroring. Second one is posture posture specifically when we are speaking on a stage. Yeah. We're speaking on a stage or you're just presenting even o- over the zoom camera. We can see if you're slouched or not. And actually, for some of our bigger customer meetings, we suggest instead of sitting when you're over Zoom to stand. Mm, yeah. And it, it creates an even more powerful voice. Your posture looks better. You look more confident. I saw you do it visually, Ash. No one else could see it. One of the things, I don't know if you've heard this before, but what I was always taught and one of the things we train is pretend like there's a string going through the center of your body, mm-hmm. pulling up on through your head. Yeah. Have you heard that before? Yeah. Pr- pretend you're a, what is it, a marionette? Yes, like a puppet. Yeah, Yeah. like a puppet. Marionette is a way cooler word for that. (laughs) Well, I think the marionettes are the ones that are on strings, right? And the puppets are... Oh, you're right. You're right, yes. Puppets are like candy hand puppets. Exactly. Anyway. So posture is important. Posture, there's multiple pieces about posture. It communicates that you're confident, but then also when we think of posture, your arms, make sure your arms aren't crossed. When your arms are crossed, that communicates you're closed off. If your arms are on your hips, that's the power stance is what we call that. (laughs) Coming at you. Coming at you. The the best, when it comes to posture, the best place to put our arms is down by our sides, specifically if we were doing a presentation. Mm -hmm. And it feels weird. So weird. However, that is the best place. I also, I've seen people, the old way of teaching body language was to hold your hands in a triangle in front of you. Oh, don't do that. Have you seen that? Yes. Yeah, don't do that. That's out. That's gone. (laughs) I still see people do that. Don't do that. Put your hands by your side. Yeah. Yes. So those are a few posture tips. Let's go into gestures. And I love the example Ash just shared. (laughs) Gestures are so powerful. 
your hand gestures, like she just shared this example of the downward spiral and the bomb explosion, explosion, <laughs> explosion, <laughs> exploding <laughs> words. That's all right. Yeah, it's fine. It's only 7%. It's only 7%. <laughs> Great example. The hand gestures we use should be purposeful. They should be confident and they should help paint the picture of what we're trying to communicate. A few tips about gestures. When you are in person, your hand gestures should fit the room. If you're on stage and you have an audience of 5,000 people, you have to exaggerate your hand gestures because the people in the back, it's going to look normal. Mm -hmm. So the bigger the room, the bigger the hand gestures, the smaller the room, the smaller the hand gestures. Something else that it's kind of weird, but they've, they've taught it for a while. They say that men speak from the shoulders, women speak from the hips. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't heard that. Yeah. So we don't talk about that as much nowadays. But that was something that they talked about. Men's hands tend to be higher because mm-hmm. their shoulders are broader, and that's more of their um, kind of their powerful area. Mm-hmm. And women, huh, apparently, our hips are broader. <laughs> I know mine are. And women speak more from the hips. Yeah, I don't think that's super important, but that is something. Uh, if you find yourself as a woman having your hand gestures lower, mm-hmm. that's probably just a natural thing that you do, yeah. and that's okay. That's interesting. When you're looking through your camera, your webcam, and once again. I just said looking. You should, yes, you should look at your webcam. You shouldn't look at your other screen where there are no people. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking at that webcam, you want to make sure your body, they can see your body and that they can see your hand gestures in that frame when you're doing a presentation, a pitch, a speech, whatever it might be. Yeah. So when it comes to that virtual space, that is important. One other thing, avoid touching your face. This is really interesting. There's data that shows if you touch your face, it can be perceived as being dishonest. What? What? Don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm petting my face now. So that's a fun little tip. Uh, I wonder, yeah, that's, I would be fascinated to know what the, what the psychology is behind that. But it makes me think of that show Lie to Me. Have you ever watched that? I have not, but I've heard of it. So he, he understands so much about body language. And so what someone does when they're talking communicates so much to him yeah and that would be fascinating so very interesting touching yeah. your face yeah uh, now after covid uh, all the things we hear is like avoid touching your face yes, exactly <laughs> so hopefully you don't do that anymore uh, but if you do that just know that that can be perceived as being dishonest i think it goes back to little what's the word like you know in a poker match like someone oh, grabs tells your, yeah yeah it's kind of like little tells mm-hmm. so that's that's one yeah. and not that you are being a dishonest but it can be perceived that interesting. way interesting okay As we talk about gestures, I also want to throw in facial expressions. Facial expressions, uh, they can show interest, disgust, uh, being disengaged, or being engaged. So we do need to be very cautious about what our mouth is doing, what our eyebrows are doing, what our eyes are doing, all of those things. And this is probably one of the areas of body language I find a lot of people don't, they are not self-aware. They don't realize when they're listening I can think of one of my good friends from work and she would be fine with me sharing, sharing this. Mm-hmm. Her name's Celia. And when her and I first started to work together, she was listening and she wasn't nodding her head and her face, like her eyebrows kind of squint in. And I'm like, <laughs> she does not like what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And then I, I it stopped and I was like, do you, do you disagree? Do you not like this? And yeah. she goes, Oh no, no, that's that, that is just what my face does when I think. And so <laughs> she, she knows like, yeah her eyebrows just like go in and she kind of looks like she totally disagrees, but it's her thinking face. Yeah. And 
that the facial expressions, they communicate a lot. Yeah. So I would make sure this is a great place to have a friend or someone if you are presenting or even if you're just listening, have, have people share with you, okay, how did, how, what was my face doing? Because I was thinking that I liked what you were saying, but I don't know if that my face was communicating that. Another thing that we've seen a lot with facial expressions when people speak, some people speak from the side of their mouth hmm. versus, so just little yeah. things like that. It's yep. a, and people have no idea they're doing it. Yes. So that's, that's a helpful area to, to seek feedback is I, facial yeah, expressions. Yeah, I tend to make a lot of facial expressions that I don't realize I'm making. Yeah. And people will say, oh, you're, you, you look unhappy. I'm like, uh, do I? <laughs> do I? I am I? That. Uh, I don't think I am. Yes. <laughs> so we, uh, as coaches, we did a coaches retreat a few weekends ago and we each picked one focus area uh-huh. goal. And my husband's is to not wear his emotions on his face. Mm. And, and some people, they just, they can't help it. Yeah. And it's okay to be, have emotions, right? Mm-hmm. But sometimes when you wear those emotions on your face, you can interrupt the flow of right. whatever's happening. So facial expressions, be aware, ask a friend, what is my face communicating? Let's talk about eye contact. This is, everyone who's listening is probably like, oh, duh, make eye contact. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about some tips because it's, <laughs> it's more than just look at someone in the eyes. Yes. First off, eye contact, it communicates that you're engaged, creates a sense of connection. That is one of the most powerful ways to feel connected to someone mm-hmm. is looking them in the eyes. And it also makes you look more believable and authoritative. So that's why we do eye contact. A few tips around eye contact. If you are speaking to an audience, the tip is you look at one person for a full sentence and then you look at another person. What we don't want to do is what I call this shotgun. <laughs> the shotgun is when you're speaking and you say one or two words, you look at one person, you yeah. look at another person, you look at another person, you look at another person, and it just looks like <laughs> you're a bird. If you've ever seen those birds and they just like, birds can't, can't move their decide. eyeballs, yeah, so they have to move their head. Look. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you're just like a shotgun going, going around looking at everyone quickly. Yeah. So one person for, per sentence, yeah. and that truly makes it feel like you are talking to them. I usually think about it as one thought per person. Yes. So I don't always speak in complete sentences or sometimes my sentences are long, but if it's mm-hmm. one thought per person, that works for me. That's a great tip. The second thing here on eye contact, when we are talking in the virtual environment, I already mentioned this, look at your webcam. People ask me, how do I make eye contact in the virtual world? Uh, it's the webcam. Yes, your that camera. Is, and it is hard when you so have... So hard. It is I specifically will try to minimize the the screens of people and I put it right underneath my webcam. And mm. I do that because I still can see what their faces are doing and I can't see everyone usually, but it's, you know, three or four people, however many are fitting right. in that pan. And that but that helps me look at the webcam and I can still see their reactions. Yeah, makes sense. You have any tips there? Sometimes I, because I have an external monitor, so sometimes I actually put the people on the external monitor and my content right under the camera, yes. so that I'm st- I'm looking, I'm presenting to the camera, mm-hmm. and then I have to, because I do tend to focus on one person sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's hard for me to, yeah. And so I, I think just figure out what works for you yeah. to keep you focused on the camera. And I will, I will mention for some people out there who are like, oh my gosh, I struggle making eye contact. I feel like I'm staring everyone down. <laughs> it is actually okay to look up mm. while you're thinking or yes. reflecting 
or even in a reflective moment to look down. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to death stare (laughs) the person you're talking to. Yeah. However, the majority of that time we want to make eye contact, but recognize it is okay. It is natural when you're thinking or recalling a story to look up. That's natural. Mm -hmm. So I just want to make sure you don't think you have to death stare everyone down. (laughs) You can look away at times. (laughs) Last thing here I want to talk about is the smile. There are some people, Ash is smiling, those pearly whites that she flosses all the uh-huh. time. Smiling, you you want to be genuine to who you are. However, if you can interject a smile, hopefully you smile at some point in your life. <laughs> smiling, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, smiling can be very powerful in a speech because it makes your audience feel comfortable and makes your message more pleasant. Mm. Does not mean you have to smile the whole time. Yeah. However, smiling makes you approachable when you're in front of an audience and it's a, it's a way for them to feel relaxed and present. I will say, have you ever seen someone who smiles through something that they shouldn't be smiling yes. through? That is so uncomfortable. Yep. So emotional consistency is important. Yes. And I think the important thing, everything that we're talking about body language wise, your hand gestures, your facial expressions, your eye contact, smiling, it all needs to be with purpose. Yes. And one of the key things, specifically if you're doing a presentation or a speech, preparation is key and practicing. And I would even videotape yourself if Mm -hmm. you're practicing an important speech. I hate doing that. I hate watching myself, but it's so good. That's why we podcast so we can just listen (laughs) to ourselves. I I don't really love listening to myself either, (laughs) but it's better. It is. Yes, it is better. Yes. Uh, So and and smiling too, just thinking about one-on-one communication Obviously, it doesn't make sense to smile all the time. If you are meeting someone for the first time, a smile is a great way to break down that wall and be approachable and make the other person feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So smile, smile can be powerful. Mm -hmm. Body language. Those are our body language tips. What you are communicating in that 93%. Anything to add before we move on, Ash? I think you covered it. All right. Crushed it. Crushed it. Let's talk about voice. Voice. (laughs) Ash shared a great example of how our voice can communicate something totally different when we first started this podcast. (laughs) When it comes to voice, we're going to talk about three key areas, volume, tone and inflection, and rate. Actually, I also want to add in pause, which I just did naturally. So pause is the last thing I'm going to include under here. This is one of the areas I find most people, this is the final cherry on top. Mm. I feel like people can learn body language easier than they can learn how to truly maximize their voice. Yeah. Personally, I don't know if you've observed that. Yes, definitely. Voice one is, we're just going to start with volume, how loud you speak. There are certain people who have no idea and just... Two weeks ago, we did some coaching for FFA students on some public speaking, and we were doing an interview. So it was supposed to just be a casual interview, and they were yelling. They were just oh so loud so as loud, if yeah. they were giving a speech to an audience yeah. of 100 people, and they didn't realize they were doing that. Yeah. Volume is key. Yep. It's kind of like hand gestures where your volume should fit the room, and we also can utilize that volume to emphasize certain points. If you speak softly, that's going to be more reflective. If you're speaking super loud, that's going to be more excited. Also, 
If we speak too soft in not the right areas, it can be perceived as a lack of confidence. And if we speak too loudly in certain areas, it can be perceived as arrogant, overly confident, self-centered. As crazy as that sounds, all just volume can communicate those things. And you mentioned this before, purpose. It needs, we need to think purposeful volume. It is, it can be so powerful. And some, I think I commonly, when I do coaching, I commonly hear people have the same volume the whole time. And there are moments when they're being reflective and I'm like, oh, if we were softer, you could give your audience goosebumps. Like if you bring that volume down, but you're speaking the exact same volume the whole time. Yeah. It, so turning that dial up and down purposefully can, that's where speakers get goosebumps. That makes me think of, um, oh no, the A Knight's Tale. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, you've, yes, you've seen Heath that movie. Hey. Seen movie. Where Paul Bettany's character, he's the Herald, and he does that like super fancy speech at the yes. end, and he's like, he spent a year in Italy <laughs> in silence. <laughs> Even if they hate gesture yeah. for it. <laughs> and, and then he does this big grand thing. I can't even remember what yes. he says, but yeah, he uses volume really well in yeah. that movie. Overly exaggerated, but really well. Yes. A good yeah, example. Maybe don't do it quite that extremely <laughs> on a Zoom call. Depends on your audience. Know depends. your audience. Yeah. <laughs> so that's volume. Let's talk next about tone and inflection. You can use the same words and mean something totally different. I'm going to give an example. Just this last week, we're in Florida, Tristan and myself, and I tend to run cold and he tends to run hot. (laughs) So excited to see where this is going. (laughs) Yes. I had been freezing. We're in this Uber driving back home or home to our our hotel and the Uber driver's just freezing us out. We get out of the Uber and I'm like, oh, it feels so good outside. Yes, I'm crazy. I thought Florida heat felt good. Mm -hmm. And we walk into our hotel and Tristan goes, oh. It is so cold in here. <laughs> and then I look at him and I go, oh, it's so cold in here. <laughs> we said the exact same yeah. thing and it meant something totally yes. different. Yeah. And I was freezing yep. again. Tone and inflection. It once again, 7% is the words, the voice. It can just, it can mean something totally different. Yeah. When I think about this, actually all of these volume, tone, rate, and pause I think about uh, Eeyore versus Tigger. Oh, yeah. Because really, I mean, when you what you're looking at of them doesn't necessarily convey. I mean, the orange versus the blue, the colors convey something. But mm-hmm. other than that, it's really their tone, their rate, their volume. Yes. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Tiggers are stuffed with fluff. <laughs> <laughs> I am loving this. <laughs> I'm just saying, think about, you know, cartoons because yes. that they don't have as much body language to mm-hmm. convey. And so they use their tone of voice and voice actors, I think, are amazing. Yes. Again, a slightly extreme example, but extreme examples make it stand out. Memorable. <laughs> Memorable. So tone and inflection. I love the Winnie the Pooh example. <laughs> That's great. Let's talk about rate, rate, or another word for that, pace, how fast you're talking. There are certain people who could be an auctioneer <laughs> and they, they can talk fast and be articulate and it is impressive. It is. That is not me. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not me either. If that's you, awesome. You should go be an auctioneer. Congratulations. Congratulations. However, if you speak too quickly, you are not giving your audience a chance to let certain things sink in. 
and they might be thinking about something you said three sentences ago. Yeah. And, and it is okay. So when it comes to pace and how fast we're talking, if we're sharing a story and it's an exciting moment and we're building up that mm-hmm. excitement, it makes sense to talk faster because it's getting exciting. Yeah. Tickers are stuff with fluff. Yes. <laughs> but we shouldn't talk that fast the whole time. Yeah. So talking with a faster pace when you're excited, when you're enthusiastic, that's the time to use it. A slower rate, we need to slow down when we're getting to the punchline or we're being reflective. We really want something to sink in. And slowing that rate, like I said before, it allows our audience to let it sink in and to think about it. And I added in pause here because this is, ah, this is the secret. (laughs) Every speech or presentation I do, I ask myself, where can I pause for three seconds? Ooh, that's like an eternity. Yes. And you actually, it's helpful to actually count to three when you're speaking. And for me, it's usually closer to the end of the speech when you're just, you're re-emphasizing your main point, or maybe you've told a really powerful story and you want people to just let it sink in, or you've asked a rhetorical question, pause. Slowing that right down and even hitting pause, that is going to allow that person that you're talking with to really be present and think about that moment or that that concept that you're talking about in that that moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lack of words. <laughs> That's okay. We don't care about words. Yeah. This this one. We knew what you meant. Yes. So rate how fast you're speaking. Be careful. Have someone whether you videotape yourself or ask someone. There there's just certain people who tend to talk really fast, and there's certain people who tend to talk slow, and it's important to be aware of that and know that we do need to change our pace. You can still talk fast in the appropriate moments. Yeah. And you can talk slow in the appropriate moments. We shouldn't use the exact same rate or pace the entire time we're talking to someone. Yeah. Man, I've, I love all of this content. I think the thing that I'm carrying away from this is feedback, asking yes. for that feedback or watching myself. I, it's been a while since I've watched myself and I think it's so important to know what other people are perceiving because I don't know. I actually said this to my roommate recently. I think if you were to compile, like put five people, five of my best friends on a panel Mm -hmm. and ask them questions about me, they probably know me better than I do because they actually see what I do as a, as opposed to I, I hear in my head what my intentions are. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to see or to understand and to hear from other people how you're coming across. And because 93% of it is nonverbal, you want to know. Like yes. you, I don't know for sure how my gestures are landing. I don't know for sure what facial expression I have when I'm listening on a Zoom call. Can people tell that I'm multitasking? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we've all thought it. <laughs> we've Can all, they tell? <laughs> yes. And so it's so important to ask for feedback and to think through these things as you're trying to communicate because, yeah, it's so valuable to have people be able to understand your intent and your emotions and what you're trying to convey. Yes. So thanks for sharing all of this. Yes, and and you just said it. It's from a friendship standpoint, a relational standpoint, and even as a leader or someone trying to advance in a specific project, goal, work, whatever, the better we communicate, the more we are going to achieve that outcome we want. Yeah. Because if we can communicate it powerfully, that's when we grow our followers. That's when we 
and I'm not talking about social media followers. I'm talking about like people who are on board with your concept. They want to, they want to help advocate. They want to dig in deeper. You can have a great idea. And if you share it poorly, it'll just flop. So communication specifically that 93% body language and voice, how you utilize those and, and once again, get feedback train yourself, learn, that is going to enable you to progress forward with that vision that you have for the the desired outcome you want to get to. Yeah. Communication. Communication. Uh, homework for so us key. all. Yes. yes. Homework for us all. I, I suggest videotape yourself. Yeah. And then I also love asking those who are close to you who'd see you all the time and can read your face. Mm-hmm. Think about my husband. I need him to videotape me when in those moments where he says, oh, I can tell you're checked out now. <laughs> I need to know what my face looks like because I have no idea. Yeah. But sometimes he will go on a, you know, a rant or tangent about yeah. something and I'm listening, but apparently there's a certain moment where I look checked out and I don't know what that look <laughs> looks like, Yeah. but I, I would like to figure that out. Yes. yes. <laughs> so ask those people close to you as well, because yeah. we can't see ourselves yeah. and they probably can read us pretty well. Yeah, definitely. Yes. All right, homework. Go videotape yourself. Ask for feedback. Go work on it. Work on it. I will have to work on it as well. Me too. We all, all of us. It's a process. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for being here. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.